0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the c Podcast. We're your hosts, Regina Pilts And Ruben Cervantes. And episode 60 today, for all of you keeping track with the numbers, episode 60. And today we're going to be chatting a little bit about apostolic servanthood now. Over the past couple of episodes, we've started to unpack this topic about the apostles and the love that they possessed and the impact that the Lord gave them, and so we just want to go that extra step about talking about servanthood, and to help us with this topic is Naomi Thomas. Hello. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for asking me. Of to join course. You, you know, <laughs>
1: recently, Naomi and I were having a coffee just having a chat about, about you know what the Lord is doing in our community, and... And this conversation actually came out of your mouth. And, you know, it was something that we were barely ideating that we would Mm -hmm. talk about. And so I just said, oh, please, would you come? (laughs) Like, we already had this, you know, podcast with us. I'm so glad that you can join us. We should have
0: recorded that conversation and
2: (laughs) it would have been done. We would have been done.
0: (laughs) Okay, so for a couple of our viewers who... Don't know who you are, who don't know who your husband is or your family. Just give us a little bit of a background of who you are, where you're from, how many languages you speak, uh, why you're so cool. You know, those Ooh, okay. all the cool <laughs> things. Okay, <laughs> let's
2: see. Um, my name is Naomi, and I was born in the Netherlands. Um, I moved to Suriname, which is in South America, when I was around two, three, and there I learned Dutch because wow. it used to be a Dutch colony. So. Right. And then around the age of eight, I moved to Caracas, Venezuela. Very cool, Nani. So Nani's home, (laughs) Um, and then I learned English and Spanish. So English is second language, third, if you will, and then Spanish will be a fourth. And um, young age, we moved to an island called Curacao, and we were just talking about exiles. And so, for during that transition, we actually didn't have a passport. We had. Um, refugee status. Oh my okay. So um, so yes, that, that whole conversation of being in exile and understanding and having a grip on what it means to be a sojourner yeah, in yeah. a place and not having a home. So yeah, that really rings very true. And um, but yeah, so my upbringing was very eclectic, if you will, in many languages and different cultures. And um, I came to the Lord, honestly, when I walked into the prayer room Wow. Um, at the age of 25, I walked in and I remember thinking... If people worship him all day, every day, he has to be the God of all of life. Wow. So um, so that was kind of my introduction. And I always joke that I came barely saved and barely sober. Wow. So for mm-hmm. the first eight years, it was this, this stumble, 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 trip, trip, stand, stumble, stumble, trip, trip, stand. Wow. And the graciousness of the people within the community, especially my dear, sweet friend, Rachel Hood, who just... Speaking of this topic of love, every time I talk about her, I just want to (laughs) cry because she sat with me for eight years and just spoke truth and love and patience at a kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And so that that servant love was evident in her home. Anyway, so years later, my husband and I get married. His name is Jay, a Thomas worship leader. And um, we have three children, my oldest, who we adopted. Um, her name is Mahan, and she is 22 and has a baby. So I am it actually really cute. a grandma. <laughs> You're too Just young to be a grandma.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. I am a
2: grandmother. And the only thing that being a grandma means is more to love. It's yeah, got nothing yeah, to do yeah. with age. You there think you go. generationally. Good, good. Well, you think generationally, and there's more to love. That's really, that was my conclusion. That's awesome. Um, and then we have two younger ones, uh, Justice, who is eight, and Addison, who is five. Wow. And so, yeah, been here for about 20 years. and That's awesome just recently hopped back on staff that's so cool
0: i love the way
1: that i met you naomi is that you were well you're a prophetic singer like that's your but but specifically that you spoke Spanish. (laughs) And I remember like texting you like, please, please come and sing. (laughs) never got the chance to sing with you. We will work it out. One day. I mean,
0: you can (laughs) do it right now, guys. No, that's (laughs) okay. okay. We're good. We're good. She's incredible. She's a
1: powerhouse. (laughs) Let me just say that. No, no, this is awesome. And you know, of course you've written a a few books. I, my kids love your book, the thankables. Yay! And you know, you recently just come out with a book, right? The, the song of a sense or
2: something. No, I, two of them the one that i did for the inmates which was an advent which is going from Uh-oh. generation from genesis rather to revelation and there's kind of a devotional to right. give to them to do and then the second one was leviticus giving thanks through leviticus wow. and looking wow. through the law and realizing how much it points to the life of christ and the wow. first and second commandment so those two are You're available. incredible. That's, uh, that's amazing, awesome. Right? Well, we'll
1: put the links on, on our on our, our, our links here. Awesome. Uh, that way, people can get to know you a little bit more in that sense. But we're so so encouraged by you. You know, you, you have a unique story that that can address this topic pretty interestingly. And the reason I say that is because, you know, uh, you you are are a Black American. Well, I, I think I would call you an American because you live here.
2: And I have a passport. Yeah, but I also have a Dutch passport,
1: right? Because you were you were <laughs> born in the Netherlands. I mean, you spent your dad, I guess, traveled a lot because you were in the Netherlands, and then you went to
2: Suriname and Venezuela, Curacao. Yeah, US.
1: so so like you are very cultured. I mean, you and your brother. You know, I've also learned about his 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 experience, which is similar. You know, but just all of the the things you can pick up from the different people groups, and now you're here as a Black American you know in this in the middle of the story as well of the bigger narrative of the you know ethnic hostility yet your perspective seems to have a a different angle on it just because you've been able to see um the affliction of not just one people group but of many yeah and you've been in in many ways um identified as those other people groups as well as this one so that's just an interesting thing it's like you've you can you've been able to identify with different peoples who've all been afflicted
2: i'm really i am thankful for i think the last couple of years i've become very thankful for my story and not without its pains or not without its frustrations or disappointments its highs and its lows but i'm genuinely thankful for the way in which the lord has even till now even in some of the most painful seasons of my life has used every area of my life in order to form Christ in me wow. and to form the gospel of this kingdom, of his His rule and his sovereignty. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely am thankful. And I think that there are certain... And I don't want to just make it cultural because that would be taking away from the efficacy and the power and the authority of the scriptures. Right. But I do know that when we look at the word and we look at the individual lives of the apostles, that their story um, merged together with the word of God has right. a particular impact It yeah. causes a particular frame yeah. that has both authority and the grace on their lips and through their lives to be able to, to share a message, live a message, speak a message. And, um, I think, I think the reason I don't want to give it all credence is because if I look at Christ, who is a man, a Jewish single man, then it would all of a sudden make him not have the authority to speak to me, who is a, uh, black female. Yeah. So it's not the story ultimately of the individual that gives them authority. It's the way in which they take that story and they become obedient to the gospel right. in that, in that narrative. Because I know lots of people who have an international background, but they don't have the gospel and their perspective of justice is still, and of love is still skewed. Right. Does that make sense? So yeah. I, I I love my story. It has made me as eclectic, as I as I am, and I'm starting to grow in loving that. But I think it's so crucial to not um, elevate the story apart from and uh, without the gospel, because that's right. where the transformative nature of every single one of our lives mm-hmm. becomes uh, usable in the Lord's hands. Right, that makes right. sense. No, it does. You know,
1: absolutely. Right? Well, so, that that's that's so beautiful. I mean, it's and all of that story. I mean, has helped you and your husband to really find the importance of working with the incarcerated, right? You have this new ministry that you launched a couple years ago. Song of Hope. Song of Hope. Song of Hope, Hope. yep. So
2: we launched Song of Hope about two years ago. And in essence, what we're doing is the same thing that we've been doing for years, which is taking to the inmates um, the love for the scriptures so that they can sing it and they can learn to pray it. And um, it is extremely eye-opening because I think – through just my my background was so wild. My husband, mine was just promiscuity and drunkenness and addiction. My husband's a same-sex attraction. And it's just, it's two people that really should not be under the same roof, let alone married, right? So the redemptive nature of Christ is in our story, and he's still working that thing out very much so. beautiful. Um, By no means have we arrived. There's still such a long road to go. But I think that when I go in and... I meet these men and women who are incarcerated whose stories often resemble that of mine I am blown away at the um, the receptiveness of their hearts to want to embrace a gospel and to want to embrace a savior who yeah. is able to forgive and to express this kind of love that right. is not a love that is uh, evident or prevalent in mm-hmm. the world and honestly to some degree lacking within the church totally yeah. you yeah. know All and not it. wanting to knock her because i am the church and so it's obviously not prevalent and lacking in mm-hmm. my own life and i'm so aware of that because i'm married right. <laughs> and, so, and i have children yeah. and so totally. i i want to be clear with that but i think i think it's for me it's being in that place where i go man I, you creep me out with your stuff and the lord is like but mm-hmm. i'm not ashamed
0: to call them my oh. brother Mm, I love that. I mean, you see that with Jesus in the Gospels, don't you? He sat down with the sinners and he's not looking at them being like, actually, no, the one, the main part of our conversation needs to be your sin. he's, he's never does that. It's like the main part of the conversation is the heart and the soul of the person and connecting with them on a heart level before addressing the issue of the sin. And they themselves actually want to be transformed because they're interacting with that we forget that it's kindness
2: that leads to repentance it's not repentance and in the church often in my own personal experience has been that it's repentance that leads to being a recipient of people's kindness and that that is an affront to the very gospel because jesus who you know on the mountain he calls himself to being the god who is gracious who is slow to anger who's abounding in love and so there is and yes he's by no means allowing the, you know, the sins of a generation to go unpunished, but he, he introduces himself as the one who is glorious in all of his perfect affection and love to an unworthy group of people called right. the Jews. Yeah. And, and now we are meant to be that Christ in the midst of a world that is, you know, this, this chorus has been ringing through my head the last two days, which is, can you hear the sound of the broken people? Can you hear them crying in the streets for help? Over and over again, in the mornings when I'm in the prayer room, can you hear the sound of the broken people? Can you hear them crying out for help? I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so self-absorbed. Right, yeah. And there is a need for Christ to break out of me with this love that, uh, I'm telling you, it's the Rachel Hood brand of love. You, she sat at the kitchen table and heard every single one of my filthy confessions. And the woman loved me and loved me, 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 and spoke the gospel in her own little way, in a way that I could hear it. It wasn't, she didn't, I don't remember a time that she opened a Bible. In eight years. I don't remember a time she cracked open a single Bible. She just sat there and looked at me and said, that's not it. It's not who you are. And I go, I don't believe that. And she goes, sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> Just as simple as that. Oh. And when I couldn't confess it, I'd sit outside her, and I'd text her, and I'd go, I'm, I'm so embarrassed to say that I did this. She'd go, put that phone down and get inside. Mm. What is that? <laughs> that's not a theologian. That's the heart of somebody who loves. Uh, yes. Like, yeah. what are you kidding me? You mm-hmm. know? And so I think when we talk about servant love, That word is the one who is willing to wholeheartedly obey the command of their master. And the command of the master is love me and love people. It's at Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these other things, including the love for others, will be added to you. The need for your provision, it will be added to you, because it's in terms of your own care, right, your own need. But seek me first, and when you seek first that kingdom, which is the kingdom of the Son of the one He loves, it's a kingdom He actually loves. So we're seeking after, after a rule that is, that is other worldly yeah. it is just not yeah. this is not anywhere close to anything we've ever seen or tasted right. but yeah. i think i've tasted a fragment of it at that kitchen table
0: oh. and we just need more kitchen conversations no. yeah. it is so good and and i think the interesting thing about servanthood is you're often the one in the background that no one, no sees. one sees but everyone always wants to be seen yeah. and no but if if God. rachel even knew that you were talking about her she'd be like don't talk about I me like her. i texted her she
2: does all the time yeah. i text her at least <laughs> once every couple of weeks rachel you did it. And every person that I reach, you get the crown for it. I just did that the other, I was in the prayer room sobbing. It was the day you and I met. Sobbing, going, you were so kind to me. You have no idea how kind you were. Like it was the, I was a leper. I was a leper. You should not have touched me. And you sat with me, you know, and I think the service that is most needed in this hour is, is that it's the representation. We're meant to be servants of one another and the way in which i serve you is by coming with the rule of christ yes, which is the yes. law of love and against that there is no law yeah. so you can be the biggest jerk on the planet but the rule is still that i honor you right that yeah. first peter that you would honor everyone the rule is still that i be patient with you and like you were saying the whole part of you know i i we all come to 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 justify ourselves and to be seen and heard. I mean, it's the total opposite of Christ who, when reviled, he did not revile. Uh, You know, when he was wrongly treated, he entrusted himself to the Father. And I'm like, I'll fight you. (laughs) (laughs) You you (laughs) Don't you tell me what to do. It's my joke about the chickens earlier. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not saved. What's wrong with me? I'm going to have it my way. And he's like, Really? Yeah.
0: Anyway I mean even I mean when you see Jesus at the well with the woman, oh. it, he just chats with her and she changed topic, but he follows her. It's like it's <laughs> sometimes it's not just about the end point, which obviously he wants yes. us to get saved that's yes. not it. It's more like, as a servant, I'm, I'm going to sit in the mud with you for as long as you need to sit in the mud before you realize you're sitting in the mud and then I can get out and right. help you get out and well I it's think, so different I think, to how we're living
1: you know i think about romans 5 8 you know that mm-hmm. while we were yet sinners christ died for us yeah. and you know the where what i see my my visual imagery is because when i was a young man i remember struggling with besetting sins and stuff and, I, and i'm looking at the book of proverbs and there's this this passage that says like a dog returning to his vomit Ugh. so you know is Ugh. a man who returns to his folly mm-hmm. and the lord was basically gave me this picture is like, you're swimming in your own vomit. And I, I, you know, it took me a while to like, like, oh, that's so like, finally admit, like, I need, I need help. Then God, I don't want to be swimming in my own vomit. And then I read Romans 5, 8 when I was a young man after, you know, after a season of this acknowledging my depravity and my brokenness. And he's, it's like, he said it differently to me. It is like, while you are still swimming in your own vomit, I embraced you yeah. as the divine, holy, and pure God. Yeah. I came down and I and I <laughs> sat in your vomit with, with you, you. And yeah. I held you until you were convinced of my love and I pulled you out. I mean, there's no greater motivation to holiness than that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and it's it's the Rachel Hood kind of yeah. love, right? Uh, that yeah. brand of of servanthood. Yeah. And 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 that's why I find it quite interesting about, you know, looking at apostolic servanthood, because you know, we looked at at the the apostles, the apostolic definition, the keepers Mm -hmm. of the mysteries, you know, like (laughs) the stewards of the mysteries. And, uh, but he introduces himself before he calls himself an apostle, right? In Romans one, it says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son who was descended from David. So, so he's laying out the context, like this is who I am. But his first statement, yes, I'm, a I'm a servant. Wow. And not the kind of servant that I'm, I'm a slave, but it's like He's served me. I killed all his friends, you know. I was self-righteous yeah. enough to, to orphan all the people in my church that I now shepherd. You know, I mean, think about that. Yeah. Like he murdered <laughs> these, these people, and, and now those people, the children and the, the spouses, are under his leadership <laughs> in the body yeah. of Christ. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, that's, that's blowing no, my that's, mind. But, uh, but he sees himself, because of all that, I'm a servant. And I just find that too often we, we, ex, we change the meaning of the word servant Well, at least in the Hispanic culture, you know, siervo, you know, like (laughs) that means like, like, you know, holy and esteemed reverend, you know, rather than like, hey, get in the vomit with the person that is annoying and frustrating.
0: (laughs) I'm just blown away by what you were just saying about, about Paul, how he really, I know, I don't really think I've ever thought that he left people as orphans and he left people as widows and then the lord asked him to come and father and shepherd them it's so I'd, i've never really that never really tweaked in my mind
1: yeah i it's mean powerful <laughs> i think that that that's the humility of it is that we are so disqualified from any level of love or servanthood or I minute. Mean, like it's not like i'm now able to give you this kind of love right. and a servanthood because i'm so awesome, awesome and pure yes, yes. right mm-hmm. i mean because i mean there's I've had questions on this in the body yeah. of Christ. Like, you know, I grew up in a very legalistic environment. Like if a man or a woman was divorced, they were not fit to serve, even though that was 30 years ago. Yeah. And they have been single for 30 years, you know, well. and, or whatever. There's like, like, oh, you're broken? Oh, well, since you weren't able to hide your brokenness, then you're disqualified. Right. You know, and, and when I look at Paul's life, it was very public, Very public brokenness. He was a murderer, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, we just we love to clean stories up, you know. (laughs) So Moses slaughtered a man for crying out loud. Yeah. "Yeah." You know, be like Moses. Well, Abraham, BC or you know, AD. Like, which one are we picking? Abraham. I know he sold out his wife. Sold out his wife. Like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Sleep with my wife. Don't kill me. You you know, like (laughs) out your wife. And yet, when we look at it through the New Testament lens. Or it's not even the New Testament lines, because even the Apostle Paul is like, man, I do the things I don't want to do, I don't do the things I do want to do. Like, I can't make up my mind with my issues. We we wash it, we we just wash things clean, and that does not. I am not advocating where we don't grow up, we don't mature, we we don't call one another to holiness. Absolutely not. I can only speak from what I look at the text and when I look at my own life. And the requirement was somebody who would do the work of God and who would draw near and to say in their own stuff, because I, she'd be the first one to go, I I don't know the Bible. I'm not a theologian. I'm so broken. That would be her, her own narrative. Like Mm -hmm. you'd said, you know, she'd say, please don't say that about me. That would be her own story. She'd say, I'm weak. All of those things are true, but in her weakness, the the perfect strength of Christ was made manifest and she was able to pour she would say the weakest kind of love. And sometimes it was just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It really was not that complicated. And I think we're looking to have the answers um, to to always have the right word to say right. so that people can feel like we're matching them on an intellectual level. And the Lord is like, this is the gospel. It's not for the wise or yeah. for the noble. It's for the poor and the broken and the weak and the children and the shepherds. And so there's there's that element. And I think that there's also this this part of our ability to to give out of not having and actually being willing to get dirty like you said sitting with you know sometimes I feel this disconnect for myself when I'm in the prayer room or praying like Lord do this thing and he's like I'm trying to but I'm trying to do it through you I'm not going to wave the abracadabra wand and then do it apart from an individual people Mm. and I also don't want to ascribe to the notion of I do the praying and you do the doing right Right. So there's some that are I mean, yeah, there are some that have different callings, but man, it's up to each one of us to roll up our sleeves and to express the kindness, not just for the hurting, but towards the Pharisee. Because I remember a while back, Stuart looked at me, goes, you know what, Naomi, know what your problem is? Hello, my brother. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) he goes, your problem is going to be this. He goes, you've got room for all of those who commit the infractions, but you're going to have to learn to love the Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And I was like. I'll talk to you later. Boy bye. <laughs> you know, like but it's true. Yeah. I mean, he died on that day for those who are most self-righteous, yeah. those who which which obviously is me, because if I can't look at them with kindness and mercy, then there's an element of self-righteousness Absolutely. in me because I suffered much and I overcame. So then mm-hmm. so then it's me. I'm looking at me going. You overcame. It wasn't you who came. It was Christ in you who gave you the grace to overcome. So pipe down and turn to the one who doesn't have that understanding because they've not experienced that kind of brokenness and now need to be through love exposed to their own self-righteousness. And I think what we're needing is the kind of love, what I need is the kind of love that is so uncomfortable, and yet (laughs) when you walk away from it, you realize, man, I want more of it. It's the kind of love that you go, I just don't deserve it. But when I'm with it, it feels so good. Yeah. You know, and that's what he does. He yeah. just, he invites you in. You're like, I do wiggle, you squirm. You don't want to, because you f- realize how filthy you are. And yet when you're gone, you go, man, that was the only place where I felt loved. Yeah, Where I really felt seen and where I knew that I mattered. And then all of a sudden you're buying into his story. And yeah. all of a sudden it's a love that transcends just my stuff. It's a love that transcends the four walls of my church. It's yeah. a love that goes out into the city anywhere that I go at any given time. Yeah. That even my smile, um, I think it was Jackie Pullinger, I remember when I met her um, and my kids got a chance to meet her and, and she they went to shake her hand and she said, look at people in the eye because it lets them know that they matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if she says it, man, I'm gonna listen to her. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever read her book, oh Chasing yeah. the Dragon. Ugh. Oh my gosh, you have to read the book. So it's good. just going into the walled city in China and leading people to Christ and being delivered from 15, 20 years of opium addiction by the power of the Spirit and just kindness. Being Talk about being willing to sit with people in their vomit, in them shooting up, in their drugs, in their addiction. I, I, what? Yeah. you know? And yet, am I willing to do that for the Pharisee who's stuck in his vomit, <laughs> in yeah. his self-righteous addiction yeah. and not... Be so overcome with indignant, that sense of self-righteousness right. and yet be able to weep like Christ when he says, oh, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you, yeah. you know, and, and so,
1: you know, I, I, I so okay. convicted by that, actually, because a few years ago I was in Mexico. I was doing a tour with my my album in Spanish, you know, and very fruitful ministry. And I remember going to this one church in San Luis Potosí, which, you know, is a yeah. very legalistic town, very um, there's a lot of. Um, Catholicism there, but I went to an evangelical church. Um, But, uh, you know, the culture is very dominant and domineering. The reason I share this is because I preach the gospel, a few people get saved. And after I was done, the pastor gets up and begins to condemn them, you know, like, because they hadn't earned their, they haven't proven, and even throws fear tactics, like, you know, when God returns, you guys are going to stay here, and I'm going to leave a video for you to understand why you didn't you know, you weren't worthy of being taken. Like, it was pretty intense stuff. I got so angry, Naomi, in my heart. And I was going to say something. Like, I was, you know, the zeal of the Lord afflicted me. And I heard louder than most times I've heard the voice of God. And he told me, you will not speak. I have not given you authority here. Wow. Like that. And I was, I was really angry. I'm Like, if any time I'm to be a voice for the voiceless, and I'm watching these people whimpering. Like, you know they were already weeping in repentance, and then now they were c- condemned again. It was it such broke my heart. Yeah. Well, I was a, a year of a journey after that. Like he told me a real strong. I have not given you authority here. And then um, I, I was not depressed, but I was in a, in a moment of remembering that. Like I guess I don't have authority. You know, like I don't understand. Like I. And I was listening to Sean Bowles, right? He's mm-hmm, yeah. a prophetic man. And he he said this phrase. I was in Dallas. I remember visiting family at Upper Room. And, and he said this phrase that God only gives you authority to those over those you love. Yeah. And then so then I took that with me. And the Lord told me, wow. He's like, You did not love the man yeah. who was speaking. Like, I love that you love the broken. And you went and you 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 introduced many of them to me. But what about those that have been following me that just ha- are misunderstood me? Yeah. Like, do, do you know that I love them too? Like, do you know that Paul was a Pharisee? Do you know that, you know, like, he, so then he begins to instruct me in that very point that you just mentioned. That it is easy to serve those that um, you have power over, yeah. you know. that's it's self-righteous too. <laughs> right, there's an right.
2: element of like, I'm better than you and you need my help. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Let me serve you yeah. because you don't know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. But then when there's the guy who kind of is in that power, he's in the authority, he should have it all together and he doesn't. And it really, it's an affront to me. Like you should know better. And the truth is, it it's, it's points to me because there's somewhere in there I recognize, oh my goodness, I don't know any better. You know, and that is, yeah. oh God, help.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the piece is like, you know, k- Jesus, He came and He still serves us. I mean, think about it. When you when you and I thought we were so holy, just just you know, a few years ago, a few yeah. months ago, a couple of ago. minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the point is, you know, and then and then we commit a horrendous mistake of sorts. Like God is not ignorant of our of our inward crookedness. And yet, in that moment, we felt so, in some ways, you could say, worthy of his love and his favor. And yet, God, you know, so that's the thing is, like, he loves us in our self-righteousness. He serves us yeah. in our entitlement. And, yeah. and we get angry when others who are entitled, you know, you know we don't want to serve them. Yeah. You that's know? It's, it's, oh, gosh. You just, yeah, you, you went there, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You took us. <laughs> you took me to a He point goes center. there with me. <laughs> I'm convicted. Keep your self righteous self on the shelf. Yeah, I you know what I I think there is the 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 cross. There is no way other than to look at the cross to understand the love of God, mm-hmm. and um, and apart from of course then carrying that cross, that same cross, and um, yeah. to the measure that we are willing to to love a brother, which greater love has no man, that he lay down his yeah. life for for a friend. And that service involves that laying down of our lives. That service yeah. involves that loving a brother and honoring. And that service of being a servant of love, being a servant of the one who loves, yeah. involves entirely the neglect of me and self and the willingness to... Um, to consider others more significant than ourselves. You know, have this mind among yourselves, he says in Philippians, that was yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was found in the form of God, did not consider equality with God, a thing to be grasped. And so, but I, but, but and even saying that, I think about Ephesians 3, like it's only by the power of grace. So it's not even, I'm not going to beat myself into it because that's self-righteous. I'm not going to um, coax you into it because that's self-righteous. It is, again, the, the inner man being transformed day by day by being in the presence of God. You know, I love that while Christ is alive, his words are follow me. And before he leaves, he says, abide in me. Yeah. And it's in the abiding presence of God. It's that's, I think the the primary focus of being in the house of prayer is can you sit in a room replete with distractions and work with having a peaceable and quiet spirit yeah and that thing is precious to God wow. and it's from that peaceable and quiet spirit yeah. that we can and that we learn that we inch our way into loving one another I think it's first Peter chapter three where he which I, I I've been in first Peter chapters like two and three for several months just kind of looking over when he talks about you know, submit yourself to or be subject to yeah. all authority be subject to your masters and and then he gives the example of Christ and then he says wives be subject to your own husband and i want to clarify own husband <laughs> your own husband like don't it's not all men yeah, it's your yeah, own yeah, husband yeah, yeah. and the, mm-hmm. but but all of those subjections are unto a purpose And if you look at the verses before that, he's talking about the subjection or the deeds that you do would be for the sake of those when they receive the day of visitation, they're able to glorify God. That's the purpose of submission and subjection and servanthood. It's when I serve you as a believer in the day when Christ comes to you, are you able to receive when I serve the world and I subject myself to its ways? Um, and I honor all people. I love the brotherhood. I honor the emperor. When I do those things, it is the fruit that gets them ready for the day in which they're visited. Even even when he talks about wives, submit to your own husband so that when they are unbelieving ones, they might convert not through words, but through your actions. It is all about being a servant, first of all, to Christ yes and when we're servants to God he gives us the instruction the mandate is go and love yeah. go and love I love you okay do you love me yes I do now go do for them what I right. just did for you yeah. yes. so the servanthood and it I, I was just thinking about this it's so easy the words come I can think of them it's just I can see them I can feel them I can articulate them but now the crux is oh my god you have to give me the power and the grace to right. actually do it. Right. I got to go do this thing. Yeah. And yeah. we need one another to be able to do it. It's oh. together with all the mm. saints that we experience and that we inhabit, that yeah. we live within the love of
0: Christ. Oh, that's oh. so good. And I think the beautiful thing about servanthood is you don't need any qualifications. You don't need to be part of a specific culture or have this degree or be this good at studying your Bible. It's like... Everybody and anybody can be a servant just like Christ if he abides in him. Yes. If and he I mean, abides in him. And if we, even if we just look at John 13 real quick and Jesus washing the disciples' feet, it's just what you're saying. It's like you can only be a servant if you allow him to come and serve you first. And I think we often forget that. We're often like, okay, great, I'll go do it right now then. If you ask me to, I'll just go do it. And it's like, well, let's receive his love so it can just automatically bubble up inside of us When we are interacting with that Pharisee or that sinner or even looking in the mirror, you know, I got to serve myself. (laughs) Go get saved. It's like we don't want him
1: to forgive us sometimes in our self-righteousness. And forgiveness is the way he serves us. He cleans us up. You know, we were talking about, you know, cleaning out the fish, right? (laughs) And like... He, Everybody
2: wants revival, but nobody wants to clean the fish. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I mean,
1: and, and the Lord cleaned us up, right? Yeah. And, and I, I just think of that, that passage, you know, um, where Jesus says he is forgiven much, loves much. And, yeah. and then we learn what love looks like. If you love me, you'll obey my command. So he who loves much obeys much. Yeah. And what does he call us to do? Naomi, you just hit the nail on the head. He calls us to love others as he loved us. Yeah. And that looks like servanthood that the apostles modeled for us.
2: That's so good. Serving people with the good news, serving it with our words, with our lives in prayer, you know, remembering one another, check on somebody, knock on their door, send them a text message, call them, ask a friend about them, you know, write them an email, send them a card, minister to them, pray for them at home, go pray for them, make them a meal. It's all the action That's required. Make room in your schedule to share the whole counsel of God with an individual. It's body, soul, and spirit. When the Lord talks about leaving us with peace, he's leaving us with um, welfare, which impacts the body, which impacts the soul, which impacts the spirit. What's the point of me saying, God bless you, the Lord loves you, and then I see you in your vomit, and I'm not willing to come alongside you? I'm telling you, we need... I know she's going to be like, I can't believe you did this, but we need a Rachel Hood brand of love. Yes. I am advocating yeah. <laughs> that we would open up our kitchen doors. Yeah and allow people to come in. And I'm telling you, in that year, in that first year that I would, I actually just showed up at her home and knock on the door, and she'd be like, my house is a mess. And I'd be like, I'm not here to see your house. I came to see you. (laughs) And then I would go in, and I realized she needed help with her boys, or she needed help with laundry, or needed help cooking. And it was what I could contribute. I had nothing else other than two hands, right? Mm -hmm. But I was a recipient of a far greater love. And then out of that butted this real friendship. And it stopped being project management. It became living as sisters and I think when we stop looking at people as our projects like you need Jesus and I have him and so I'm going to provide him for you till you get your act together (laughs) but when I can sit with you and I can weep with you over your own pain because I see that you disdain your own sin and I am moved to compassion and I fight for you with integrity and I cover you with love man behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity and um so i don't know i i don't do it perfectly i'm probably the one who does it most imperfectly but because of his love i'm choosing to sign up for that kind of love again and again and again (laughs) um,
0: that's so good Thank you for coming and oh, sharing you your help. heart and provoking thank us. To yeah, love. it's like, oh, you <laughs> guys provoked me too. Thank <laughs> you, I really appreciate. it. Can't get
1: it. away from the gospel now, you know. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, so good. it's good news. It, it is. is. This news. is
2: good news. There is hope yes. for the hurting. There is love (laughs) for the hurting. There is kindness that is available, and it's been given to us. We are to be stewards of that love, of that tenderness, of that cross, and it comes at a price. Love is costly, but it's only momentary cost because while we're willing to link arms and do this thing, It's working in us, this weight of gold and glory that outshines every ounce of darkness. And though we do not see it with our eyes in the natural, he says in Hebrews, though right now we cannot yet see all things that are subject to him, yet, yet he is seated. He's seated on high. Yeah. And so we're sitting with him right now, this conversation. He says, in Micah, there's a book of remembers of those who speak about his name. He's writing this day down oh, and it's God. brownie points for us. <laughs> and the conversation that we're having is happening in the council of heaven. And just because we set our minds on it and we exalted him, he goes, I can give you just a little bit more. And wow. then when you leave here, the first person you see, which is probably gonna be the person you like the least, right? <laughs> or you have that like that rub with and then you gotta go, okay, holy ghost, I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna do it right now. I, I know I don't feel it yet, but I'm gonna do it right now. I'm gonna That's put this so thing in practice. Right. Yes. We're gonna put this thing in practice. Let's do
1: it.
0: <laughs> so let's oh, do it. Come I mean. on. I can listen to you all day. <laughs> Just keep going. It's so good. This is fun. I love this. <laughs> Well, good this. luck to you, because as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, <laughs> you are going to interact with that person, <laughs> and have to love them. You call have a us, choice. <laughs> call yeah. us how it went, you know? Yeah. That's the fear of the Lord right there. Um, thank you, Naomi. Yeah. You're thank awesome. Thank, thank, you. thank you so thank much. You so, much. Um, so go ahead, find us on podcast. No, don't find us on podcast. We are the podcast. <laughs> find us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever your outlet is. Go and subscribe so that you can um, see when a new podcast comes up. And we love you doing the journey with us. Um, we want to serve you and love on you, and that's why we have had invited you into these conversations. Right. So we look forward to seeing you next Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time.
1: Peace.